0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 29 of Underrated, a podcast where we talk about films we believe are underrated, generally disliked, or simply forgotten. I'm your host, Gabriel Green, and I'm here with my co-host, James Hamrick. How you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. It's been like a whole three days since we recorded. It feels like forever. I
1: know, man. Time flies, though.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty sure this is episode 29. Um, We're recording these out of order as, like, scheduling allows, so it's... it's I'm kind of confusing right now so this is a your episode uh this week james what are we looking at this week we're
1: looking at a film from scott cooper um called out of the furnace which is a movie that me and a friend had just randomly watched on netflix one day uh and i actually really enjoyed it and then i found out it had a 53 on Rotten tomatoes so it was one that i knew i wanted to get to eventually nice
0: all right before we get into that i'd like to ask you guys um if you enjoyed this podcast, just please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, just doesn't have to be a lot. Just maybe a couple words and a five-star review, and we would be very, very grateful for that. And all right, before we move into the uh, main topic today, have you seen any cool movies lately that you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I, I've seen two. It wasn't a, a movie-filled week for me this week, but I watched um, the comedy – the Zach Galifianakis comedy, Masterminds. Ooh. and
0: Is it as bad as everyone says?
1: <laughs> it's not as bad as everyone says. And what's really frustrating is there's some really, really funny moments in it. Um, and I personally, I'm a big fan of Zach Galifianakis. I think he's hilarious. Even in his bad movies, he's always funny. He's never the issue with any of the comedies he's in. And mm-hmm. so he's, he, I find him really funny in this as well. And really, a lot of the other cast I find pretty funny as well. Uh, Kristen Wiig has a lot of great moments. Jason Sudeikis has a couple of funny moments. Uh, I really like Owen Wilson, and he's pretty good in it. It's just for every mo- like every funny moment someone has, there's like five moments of just ridiculous, over-the-top humor. It it reminded me a little bit of what we were talking about with um, Pirates of the Caribbean, how physical humor is actually really hard to master i think people kind of look down on just physical comedy but to me it's like you watch a movie like the pirates movies and i find those hilarious even when there's not lines being spoken but here it just feels like oh this is a bigger guy who's falling down on stuff you should laugh now and oh no he's falling from two stories that's funny well
0: not really back in silent films yeah
1: yeah and then even then there was like the setup to that was actually fairly clever in a lot of the old silent films whereas in this it just it just feels like they're literally throwing everything they can at the screen and it i did find it funny but it it was hard for me to really say i i like the movie as a whole just because of how ridiculous it gets
0: in just really Mm -hmm.
1: unnecessary ways
0: yeah i'm always rooting for a Jared Hess to make a good movie but it doesn't seem like he has it left in him oh that's Jared Hess that makes me sad that's the that, that's the one with the um, where he's the uh, armored car driver right yes Yeah, I, I also I kind of wrote off Zach Galifianakis for a while then I saw him in Birdman and I realized he's a, he actually is a phenomenal actor
1: yeah he is great and I've never really found him annoying in any of the movies he's in I mean a lot of times he plays the same character but I just find that character really funny Um, and then I went out, I saw the new film Life in theaters.
0: Oh, I want to see that.
1: And the first half is phenomenal, in my opinion. And it just kind of loses me for the second half. I feel like they kind of ran through all of their really, really good ideas for the first half. And the second half felt like a fairly boring game of cat and mouse. Um... It's worth seeing it in the theaters, I believe, because there are certain scenes. I mean, I won't say who. It Obviously, somebody dies in the movie. Uh, I don't think... Spoiled it. I don't think saying that... I won't say who, but this specific person's death, it was like a theater experience I don't remember having where it's just visceral and terrifying, and I'm sure it's exactly what audiences... In the '70s, felt like when they watched the chestburster scene from Alien, where it's you're looking in horror, thinking like this can't be on screen in front of me right now. Like it's just, and the the Alien itself, especially at the beginning, is just because it's kind of devoid of any sort of human like features. It's just this almost really thin, flapping around starfish looking. It's just it's creepy and unnerving in the way it moves and interacts with things. So mm-hmm. I think I think it is a good movie. I think it definitely loses steam at the halfway point, and it's kind of starts falling prey to some cliches. But it never does anything that I think is horribly bad. So overall, it's a good movie. Kind of wish it maintained the strength of the first half.
0: So is it like a straight up horror, or a thriller? Or what, what what's it's kind of difficult to tell so, from the uh, trailers.
1: I would say it's more of like a sci fi thriller with elements of horror maybe it felt very much like alien i know a lot of people say alien is a like a legitimate horror movie i think it it's more of a thriller that just has kind of a scary atmosphere i don't necessarily call it a horror and it's pretty much the same the same way i would describe uh
0: life nice i can't wait to see that i i i went and saw beauty and the beast a second time after after we had done the minisode uh just because i I loved it so much um and i know i talked about it on a but I still want to talk about this. Uh, have you seen it yet? I have
1: not seen it yet. I came close the other day, but I couldn't get off work in time.
0: Yeah, um, I love this movie so much. I I I think it's like leagues better than the animated film. I know that's heresy, but uh, I I wasn't the biggest fan of that. I enjoyed it, but this one kind of fixes all my problems with that with the animated film. I just love how rich the characters and and just the world building is, and how they just like fill in all these little. Annoyances I had with the animated film, and just give us these wonderful characters. Um, the entire cast is fantastic. Emma Watson uh, is quite solid. Uh, then, uh, but the, the rest of the cast, like uh, Kevin Klein, he's as the as uh, Maurice. He's just wonderful. Uh, Luke Evans as Gaston is p- absolutely perfect. And the couple extra songs are are, are all very very good, and they fit uh, thematically and. Musically, right alongside the rest of the, um, the film, and then just the cinematography and uh, set design is like one of the best things in this film. It's it's like like nothing I've seen before. Just how elaborate and just lavish everything is. Like all all the money they spent on this film is completely on the screen, and, and it looks just lovely. So I was wondering, you know, between this and La La Land, I think we sh- will likely be seeing a a lot more. Um, you know live action musicals in the future and and that's that's exciting
1: that is exciting i i really really do like them and i mean the musicals recently i feel like there just seems like a there's been a trend where they're all kind of i don't know they they feel like they need to be dark to be taken seriously at all like a little bit like lay miz and into the uh into the woods and I mean, I will, I will not let you speak ill I'm, of. Either. I'm, I'm not speaking ill of them, but it's like, <laughs> I kind of miss my classic MGM musicals. Um, <laughs> I like to feel good and sing along with the songs, and those to me, they're not bad movies. But
0: huh. well, that that brings me right along to my next film was that I saw The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and which is why I can't agree. I think, I think it's. I think it's probably now my favorite Disney animated film or no um, of a 2d animated Disney animated film. Um, and this one is (laughs) incredibly dark. I personally really prefer the dark musicals. I think, uh, just allowing it to go dark allows a level of just passion and, uh, to uh, to come into the music that I, I really enjoy. Um, and so, <laughs> that, that that's one of the reasons I love this movie. This movie so much, but also I think it's just a a really well told story with really good characters. It's surprising. most a lot of the uh, the they especially during the Renaissance and before that, the characters weren't all that well developed. And often you maybe have one or maybe two good characters. The rest would be like all just props or comedic. And this one it had uh, four really good characters all who felt well fleshed out and human and also my favorite Disney villain of all time in a uh, uh, judge Frollo who is not only scary but he's also very human and complex um, just in in a way I I mean even most mo- most modern animated films don't even uh, have villains this, uh, this strong and then the, the uh, i think it i i think it's the most beautiful two d animation i have ever seen, which is probably because it's actually it looks like it's mixed with some c g i pretty significantly which I, I think with these gigantic sweeping shots and the bells and the wander like just going through the architecture this fantastic camera work um just i think it it's pretty much the best of what uh the re- disney renaissance animated films could be um and I think we, I think I might want to do it sometime on this podcast just because it's really not terribly well known in, in Disney's uh, filmography, and I think it's really a shame.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of the classics that I haven't seen. Um, I've seen most of them, but for whatever reason, I've never ended up seeing that one. And then it seems like after you had watched that, I had seen like two or three other people on Facebook post about it. I don't know if you started a chain reaction or something, but – I hope so. <laughs> uh Everybody keeps posting about how great it is, and you know, I I think I need to go ahead and check it out finally because I'm I'm sure that I'm gonna love it when I see it.
0: Just look up, look up the music, then you'll have to see it because the music is incredible. They 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 blend in these uh like Latin um monasterial chants or whatever into this huge epic score. Alan Menken's a genius. I mean, he's phenomenal. And I also saw Southpaw, which is the uh, Anton Fuqua boxing film with Jake Gyllenhaal that came out like two years ago. Um, and I enjoyed it. I think it, it, it the plot relies way too much on boxing film conventions. There's like after the first act, there's like literally no surprises or any, really anything on that course. It's just everything you would expect that to happen happens. But I did like it because. It, the acting is so good on the entire the entire film. Jake Gyllenhaal is insane. I would say this is a performance. It's not. It's obviously not as like creepy and intense as Nightcrawler, but I think it's just as good. And how committed he is to this character, and the way Anton Foucault shoots the drama, um, it's it's a very rough film. I didn't expect it to be as like raw and unflinchy in, in how it portrays the drama of all the characters and all the stuff he's going through. And so it really got to me emotionally a, a lot more than I expected um, throughout, but especially in the first half. So I was really impressed with it. And I really connected with the characters. All the acting is great. Rachel McAdams, Forrest Whitaker, they're all really good. Even like the, the actress who plays his daughter is really solid for a child actress. And the, the boxing, is really good. I, I, Anton Anton Fuqua is actually like a, a trained boxer. He trained right alongside Jake Gyllenhaal for this role. I was watching the special features; it's pretty fascinating. Like he went every day to the gym right alongside him, and you you can tell just like technically the boxing is is really well shot, well put together, and it it never feels like oh that's you know a Hollywood moment kind of thing. Like no one would ever do that. So it, th- those are really good, but just the plot is kind of cliched, but I would, I would say it's definitely still worth watching just to see a Hall's performance.
1: Yeah, he's become one of my favorite actors. Uh, I hadn't really seen anything from him, and then I watched Nightcrawler for the first time last year, and I thought, this guy is amazing, and I've seen, like, several movies since, and I, I didn't realize how versatile he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, just he, he's, like, one of the most likable people you'll, you'll ever see on film. But then he can also just flip a switch and go incredibly dark. All right, and uh, last thing I want to mention is not not a uh, a movie, but I I've been listening like nonstop all day to the uh, Justice League Universe podcast. It's a show where they take they go scene by scene through uh, Batman versus Superman and analyze it and just like talk about all the different layers going on and how the story is being told and all that and. I mean, if if you like this film or if you don't like this film, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, it's been re- it's really fun to listen to. So, I, I, if you are, are curious about this movie, definitely go check them out. It's the uh, Justice League Universe podcast.
1: I may check that out.
0: Yeah, I, I think you. I think you would uh, enjoy it in particular. All right, is there anything else you want to mention before we move on?
1: Well, not a movie, but since you brought it up, that Justice League trailer. That oh
0: yeah, that happened.
1: That looks, of of course it didn't take too long before you've seen, you see the internet just, people come out of the woodwork in order to find something to complain about. I, I saw somebody, I and I knew it was going to happen at the very end of the trailer. I had legitimately thought to myself, there's going to be people complaining about the fact that all of the action seems to be taking place at night. And sure enough, there are people complaining about the action taking place at night. And people complaining about Superman not being in it, in the trailer. And to me, that's absurd.
0: Go watch The Hobbit if you want to know why action CGI action f- scenes should take place at night. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely works better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what struck me the most is just how visually different the style is from both uh, Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel. Um, just the tone and the way the characters move and having less slow-mo... It just, even though it's still fairly dark visually, there's definitely a, it feels a bit more chipper than Batman vs Superman. Did. There's a bit more kind of life and humor to it that I I think definitely fits after you know if if Batman vs Superman is the Empire Strikes Back, you know the its darkest before the dawn. Uh, so I think that works, and I, I like to see that um how how adaptable Snyder's style is.
1: Yeah, to me this. Tonally, was pretty much exactly what I was wanting because I knew that they were going to go in a more lighthearted way. But to me, this is the perfect balance of, you know, th- still that kind of slightly darker and grittier tone that's been established so far. But, I mean, the trailer did introduce a lot of levity and lightheartedness. I can tell Aquaman and The Flash are, gonna, <laughs> are just going to be amazing to watch on screen.
0: Who expected everyone to love Aquaman this much? Basically, like when you first heard of Jason Momoa, like I, I'm glad he can he can act. I, I I haven't watched Game of Thrones, so I was kind of worried. was just a muscly guy they hired, but uh, he he he's really funny. He has some great uh, chemistry with the other cast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for a buddy cop movie with him and Batman now. <laughs> and so I just the the fact that we live in a world where you can see Aquaman jump off of the Batmobile into a swarm of parademons and people are still gonna complain. That, that's just proof that people want to hate it. Because how do you hate that?
0: Yeah, this is essentially the response that came out when uh, the Batman vs Superman trailers came out, and those were stunning. Those were like ten times better than this one. So yeah, uh, people like to hate. All right, <laughs> anything else? I think that's it. Alright, let's move into our review of Out of the Furnace. Out of the Furnace was directed by Scott Cooper on a budget of $22 million. It only grossed $15 million. It was written by Brad Inglesby and Scott Cooper. It stars Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson, Zoe Saldana, Forrest Whitaker, Willem Dafoe, and Sam Shepard. Uh, and it was shot by Masanobu Takeanagi, I believe. <laughs> and the uh, score was composed by Dickon Hinchcliffe. So, this is uh, your pick, James. Why don't you tell us about why you want to talk about it?
1: So, Like I said, um, I was with a friend one day and we were just scrolling through movies on Netflix and we saw... Uh, that Out of the furnace is on there, and Christian Bale is my favorite actor. So I was like, well, if anything we know, it'll have good performances in it. And then we found out it had Willem Dafoe and Woody Harrelson and Casey Affleck. we're like, oh, okay, it's going to have great performances. Mm -hmm. So we watched it, and we both really enjoyed it. it. It's not like groundbreaking by any means, but I thought it was just a really good story about relationships, and it's very dark story and not not particularly uplifting but i felt like it had very believable relationships and it was it was an interesting addition into that kind of genre and so i'm i won't have like a whole bunch to say on it but mainly i wanted to do this movie just because i think that the 53 percent on rot tomatoes would kind of turn anybody off of seeing it because i don't think anyone was already really excited about seeing it before it came out most people probably don't even know what movie it is and so if they're going to see that and then look it up i'm most likely going to assume that they'll probably not end up seeing it so i think it's worth watching
0: okay (laughs) and um i think i line up basically exactly with the rotten tomatoes unfortunately um that's not to say I, i disliked it um I, I think like a lot of the things you mentioned definitely are positives. The the cast is is the be, definitely the strongest part of this film. Everyone's giving a very fantastic committed performance all around um and I was I was continually impressed by that. And similar to films like uh Hell or High Water um or Win- have you seen Winter's Bone? I have
1: not seen it yet.
0: It was the uh, film that kind of put Jennifer Lawrence on the map. This one is like, is uh, very, very similar to that in, in both tone and plot in a way. Um, I was actually surprised by how similar the two films are. And even some of the themes uh, seem to line up. And I like how, uh, back to my what I was saying first, I like how this film feels like it just captures a location and just, what it would be like if you lived there. So you feel like you know these people, you feel like you could go to that town and it would be exactly the same as it was shown on film. And I always appreciate when films do that.
1: Yeah, that was actually the first thing that I had listed here. It was just that town felt completely authentic in this movie. It felt like that was a real place. Uh, those were all real people who lived there. Everybody was aware of the the steel mill that was there. Um so just tonally it felt it felt really grim but not overtly and unrealistically grim it literally just felt like a snapshot of a town that existed like that um mm-hmm. so just i re- like you said i really appreciated the real world feel of the movie
0: yeah it it felt like a very uh realistic depiction of kind of uh poverty in in like the I guess is it, was it was it was it west virginia or pennsylvania uh
1: i think it was west virginia
0: yeah just like kind of like the the level of poverty in these like towns that are like slowly dying and you really felt it in just how, how just how the town looked and how the people acted and and so then going back to the acting Every character felt completely at home there. Even like even all these famous actors they just melded perfectly into their roles. Especially uh, Casey Affleck um, who I, I haven't seen a lot from where I hear a lot about him but I've only seen him in a couple films and he definitely surprised me just how well he kind of uh, merged into this very kind of redneck ne'er-do-well character um, with just a lot of just burning anger underneath his performance that was really uh really fascinating
1: yeah i i think this is actually the very first casey affleck film i had ever seen and i thought he was great and so i went out i watched um i think uh gone baby gone afterward and that's that's actually my favorite of ben affleck's um directorial outings and after that i just i thought this this is one of my new favorite actors this guy is amazing um, and he continually impresses me in everything I've seen with him. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, he was phenomenal in. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, he he really gives it everything in this. And one of the things that uh, that makes me really enjoy this film, uh, that I remembered most about it from having seen it years ago, was that every character, kind of like what you said, just feels like they meld into the town. No one feels like they're giving a performance in this movie. It literally feels like there's just a camera that happened to show up there, and be filming people. But it's it's not this actor that I know who's trying to win an Oscar in the scene. It just felt like, oh, well, that's that's Russell, you know, he's over there talking, and that's you know uh, Rodney. It it they they all felt like completely real people who lived in this town miles, you know, hours and hours and hours away from me.
0: Yeah, it's a very like, naturalistic acting, and also just the direction as a whole feels like it's just capturing moments of real life. And I think that's both a positive and a negative for this film. We'll get into that later. But for the positives, it at first I was kind of frustrated by the pacing, where it just it'll show a scene, come out of it, go for it days or even like years, and like plop us back in, show a scene, and just that that was what the pacing was like for the first half. Uh, then I kind of I kind of grew to appreciate just how it just portrayed the, the kind of the ups and downs of these people's lives very dispassionately. This is what's happening in their lives. This is how it's affecting them and their relationships and their families. And it, it was it, it's definitely different, but I think it it did it did work on some levels uh, with, with its very unconventional style of uh, editing.
1: Yeah, I I think it whether it worked or not it was totally dependent on the actors. Um, and because I think the acting is amazing, I, I do think it worked. Um, pre- it, it felt like just almost a series of snapshots of this town. And because everybody felt so real, and because these moments that it was jumping between were very emotional moments of their lives, I was so invested in them that even if we were jumping ahead, you know, great distances of time, I was invested in the film enough to where it wasn't particularly bothering me and i was always interested in seeing you know where these characters were at now uh, i guess if if i didn't think that the characters felt real and i didn't think the actors were portraying them in a real way it probably would have kind of gotten on my nerves and i thought it i most likely would have thought that it felt disjointed um but i didn't feel that way given these characters and these actors uh well just to continue to talk about the cast a little bit more uh I, my personal favorite was Christian Bale in this. I think I, st- I still do think he is probably one of the most talented actors around right now. Uh his ability to just become a character is incredibly admirable in my opinion. Um whether he was in you know in movies like this or like The Fighter or bruce wayne and the batman he's he always feels like that person it's never a performance from christian bale it's it's just a person uh i know there's all sorts of crazy stories about his method acting and things like that um but honestly i do think it pays off in a way because in this he it, it almost reminds me of what we were talking about with um With Split and James uh, McAvoy's performance in that. Because he had to do it multiple different characters in one movie. But the best thing about his performance in that was that. For every character he played. It wasn't just his voice that would change. It was his demeanor. It was little ticks. To me Christian Bale does that with every performance he's in. And so with this one. Like the way he would look at people. And the way he spoke. Not just the accent. But the way he would pause. And just the looks he would give. It felt Completely different than anything I'd ever seen him do before, but it felt completely real. So, Mm -hmm. and then just
0: just just like a level shy of like Daniel Day Lewis. He he doesn't always transform his looks like he does, but like I I think he's one of the best actors when it comes to accents. I I I, like I can't believe he's actually British because of the the amount of varying American accents he's done so perfectly.
1: (laughs) He's on par with Gary Oldman in that respect, in my opinion, in that. Honestly, had I not known he was British because of interviews, I would have had no idea. Because I've heard him do so many accents over the course of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked him. And I really liked the character of Russell um, and his relationship with the brother Rodney. It felt very, very genuine. Like, these felt like brothers who legitimately cared about each other, who lived in this town. And one of the things that I always it in movies is whenever history between characters is kind of or it it feels real and it it doesn't really rely on like flashbacks and things and it usually happens whenever actors just have a natural chemistry with each other and that was the case with this for me it felt like this wasn't these two actors these were legitimately brothers in this town uh just the way they spoke with each other like i said their chemistry together it all felt incredibly natural and real and it didn't really rely on a lot of movie conventions to convey that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't do like where a lot of films will do it after time has passed. They'll get together and kind of like brief the character on what, what everything that's happened. Like there'll, there'll be changes and you'll notice the change, but maybe you won't find out exactly what happened till a half hour later kind of thing. It's like, it, it's, it, it it it's very patient in how it parcels out information and, I not in a way I di- I didn't find it frustrating. Sometimes it's really annoying in films. I think just the tone that uh Scott Cooper created allowed that.
1: Yeah. Um and then before uh, I move on completely from the cast, the others that I did want to highlight was uh mainly the main cast. I thought Zoe Saldana, she wasn't in it a whole lot, but I do think that she had some really great scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically the one when she was reunited with uh Russell after he first gets out of prison. I thought that was a both actors gave incredible – kind of made me tear up in that moment. It was just really, really well acted. And yeah. It, again, it just felt like two people uh, who knew each other. Uh, I thought Forrest well, would – oh, sorry.
0: Just, I, I also wanted to highlight that that was my favorite scene in the film on the bridge or the overpass. In how both painful and awkward and yet like deeply human it was for both characters, like all the, the wide range of emotions they're going through. Um, I'm not sure the writing did Zoe Sala's character much favors. She she did seem kind of unlikable, but her performance and and the way she, uh, in that scene definitely um helped you somewhat understand some of the choices she made.
1: Yeah. I, it was that scene to me that made me realize how much I really liked the character of Russ. At first he was kind of saying like, no, I I really am happy for you. Kind of, it's not like, you know, I have to say this, you know, this is the, th- the right thing to do. I got to say this. But I feel like he, only, he even convinces himself at the end, like he, he cares about her, not just them together, but her as a person. And so his reaction and as he starts crying, but it's, it's not just tears of sadness, it's, there are legitimate tears of joy in that scene. Um, so it just, it was probably the most emotionally affecting scene for me. Um, and it was just really well done
0: you can kind of like see the, the hope drain out of his body. with like when she an- announces that she's pregnant, kind of like, Oh, there's like, there's absolutely, he realizes there's absolutely no chance. It's really fantastic performance.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the other three that I want to talk about was uh forest Whitaker. I think was really great. He, I think of all of them, he kind of is given the less to do um, in terms of what's asked of him, but he does great with what he has. Um, and then, Woody Harrelson. I he's an amazing actor and I hated him in this movie. Uh for <laughs> all the right cra- reasons. Which
0: is crazy cuz he's so inherently likable in every other movie.
1: I know. I didn't realize how convincing he was at being a horrible person until this movie, but it it's to me he's one of those villains where I just his presence makes me mad and I think that's what the movie was trying his existence. to existence. Yeah, his very existence. But in a lot of movies, I mean, I don't hate the villain. I get that they're the bad guy and I'm rooting against them. But in this, it felt it it felt like it went beyond that. Like, oh, this is a real, like, this guy is just garbage, man. I I hope this guy gets what's coming to him. It's just because of his performance and his writing. And again, the fact that the story that the movie was portraying felt very real. I feel like I was almost looking at him as if he was a, a real person or at least... A representation of real people out there and that helped me further my dislike for him and then mm-hmm. lastly was a uh, willem defoe who is also one of my favorite actors of all time i i will almost watch any movie just because he's in it um and so i i do kind of wish he was in this a little bit more but again he this is a character that to me it could have it could have been a character with almost no depth at all, but because of the writing and because of his performance, I actually think it ended up being a really great character Uh, Mm -hmm. instead of just the, you know, the typical money launderer, you know, this guy who fixes fights, it could have been a very stereotypical role that really wouldn't have required anybody with any real acting ability, at least any sort of nuanced acting ability but because they actually had him invested in the main story and in these characters' lives, because they purposely tried to make him likable. And then, okay, uh, and spoilers will follow. So if you haven't seen it, then you should probably stop listening. But, you know, I, I think they make him likable because they do end up killing him. And so instead of just being this kind of cliche, stereotypical character that's really only existing in the movie to get Casey Affleck to where we need him to be... He was also a real life character who felt real and like he had personal connections and ties with this real town. And I think he ended up being a very likable character who, who did in a way have uh, Rodney's best interest in mind and who did legitimately care about him as a person. So it did make his death that much more um, sad.
0: Yeah. um, Every scene he's in, you feel just a sense of, you know, history and layers to, who he is and his relationship with these characters. We never actually find out what his previous relationship with them was, but it, it's, it's still compelling just in the performance. About Woody Harrelson, he is a a very uh, imposing villain. I think he might be a bit cartoonishly evil just on how, compared to how subtle the rest of the characters are, but that's not on his performance. That would be on like, maybe the right-hand direction. We're like, introduced to him assaulting a woman then like almost beating a guy to death it's like yeah maybe lay on a bit thick
1: i me, the idea of towns that kind of just exist apart from the rest of the world and who almost kind of thrive on fights like this it it wouldn't surprise me at all if there are people like him who are in the world and for him to be less nuanced of a character as the others also, in my opinion, kind of works with the movie. Because he is this outsider. Everyone else kind of feels like they're in this poverty-stricken town, but everybody knows who everybody is. Uh, everybody kind of understands everybody else's lives. And then you got you have this guy who just kind of comes from this place that people know you don't go to. And so the fact that he, he shows up and he's just overtly mean... To me, I think kind of works for the movie.
0: Yeah, that that tone of just like a world that exists unto itself, where like even the law can't penetrate, was another theme in, in the Winter's Bone film that definitely uh, struck me here as well. And one thing I enjoyed was just when I when I saw I saw the trailer like a year ago, and so when I started watching this film, I was thinking that Casey Affleck's character was kidnapped, and so when it happened that. They just shot him right there. It was like it, it it definitely shocked me and um it was very surprising and it definitely changed the tone of the film uh that i've been watching up till then so I think I guess props to the film for being able to surprise me in that way
1: yeah I think the movie is just very unflinching and very visceral, and so it whenever it it got to that part initially for the first time when I had seen it. One, it shocked me just because I didn't think that they were gonna kill off Casey Affleck then. Uh, but second, because yeah, I I felt like you know them killing Willem Dafoe right there on the spot did kind of imply as they, especially when they took him out to the woods that they were they were kidnapping him. But then whenever they he just shoots him in that moment, it does kind of change the entire movie. But I don't think it's a jarring change, so I, I think it it's fairly effective in the way they did it.
0: Uh, did you notice uh, Boyd Holbrook, the the villain from um, Wolverine? Uh, not Wolverine, Logan.
1: Was he the guy with the car?
0: Uh, he was the, the, the. They went to the gas station and they they found him. He was and convinced him to take them to uh, his boss to take him to Woody Harrelson's place. Okay,
1: I, I didn't know that was him. But as, as soon as you said Boyd Holbrook, I was trying to think of whoever it could have been, and that was the first guy that came up. I didn't know that was him though. Watching it,
0: yeah. It was fu- it was kind of fun seeing him after just seeing Logan.
1: He's a good actor.
0: Yeah. Alright, did you have any, any more uh, positives before we move into our, our negatives?
1: Uh, I think I'm ready to move into the negatives.
0: Alright, I'll start. Um, for me, for all the positives this film had, I don't know that it had a story. <laughs> it sets up really the characters really well. I get to know them and like them. And then after Casey Affleck is killed... It just kind of goes, he goes and investigates, he finds him, he lures him out, and he kills him. Nothing really interesting or unexpected happened after that. And for a film that is this simple and completely bare bones in its style and story, I I think it needed a deeper, more meaningful script or more style (laughs) and fun. It just not having when when a film goes this this simple it needs to have some kind of punch or some something meaningful to say and i don't think this film really has that
1: so i i kind of agree with everything you're saying but i ended up coming out or coming out with a different i guess conclusion from it because i actually liked the fact that it was so bare bone and didn't really have anything to say and I don't know the idea that it was just this this small town this is this is just a town where bad things happened, and oftentimes to good people for no real rhyme or reason. it was kind of effective in that there wasn't any sort of overarching theme or you know when the when the credits rolled, there wasn't really any sort of message we were supposed to get. it was just here's this place that's really depressing <laughs> and because of the darker tone and just overall bleakness of the setting, like this town is just about to get washed up and forgotten. The idea that it would just come and go, much like the movie, without really having any impact, it, it kind of worked for me. So I, I, it's weird that I do agree with most of the things you're saying. But like I said, it ends up almost coming out as a positive for me as opposed to a negative.
0: So in other words, you like boring films, I guess.
1: I see I because of the because of my investment in the characters, I do think that the the writing in terms of actual dialogue between the characters I thought was strong. And because mm-hmm. I thought that they got a fantastic cast, I was never bored of the movie because you know, like I've been saying for most of the review, these all felt like very real people. And so even when nothing substantial was happening on the screen I felt like I was still watching the lives of real people, so I was always invested, even when, you know, you could technically describe these moments of the movie as slow, I still cared because I liked the characters.
0: Yeah. I guess for me I just like I watch it, yep, I saw a movie and I shrug and it's like, Okay, that was a movie and I saw it, and yeah. <laughs> I usually like films that leave me with a bit more than that. And so, it, it, it's not a bad film. Nothing bad happens. It's just not enough happens <laughs> kind of thing. So, it's weird. Just I, Normally, when I don't care for a film, I have more reasons. It, it's very rare to see a film that does so many things right, which leaves so little of an impact on me. I guess, as far as themes, I guess it it was trying to make some comments on, like, the cycle of violence and then how just some people just can't get ahead, bad things happen and all that. But I mean, I I keep referencing Winter's Bone, but that was, like, almost the exact same theme in that film. So, I don't know, just... It was fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for me... It definitely didn't have this crazy impact on me, but it was a movie that kept me thinking about it for the rest of the day that I had seen it. Because as it ended, you know, I I, I was trying to think about the themes. And I it you know, it, it does have things to say about, you know, the cycle of violence and the other thing that you mentioned, but I I don't think that you could have really said that the movie was about that and so whenever it finished, you know, he kills him, and then we cut to him sitting in the dining room chair, and kind of waiting for something to happen. But uh, then it cuts.
0: What was with that?
1: So i I wasn't really sure of what it meant before either. But having looked up stuff, what it's meant to signify is that Forrest Whitaker's character kind of turned the other cheek, and so
0: that he let him go.
1: Yeah, that he it him being at home was meant to imply that he let him go,
0: which would seem to be kind of inconsistent with the cycle of violence theme
1: yeah so uh the last thing i was gonna say was just that uh you know after it finished and i was trying to think what what was this movie about like i said the fact that i couldn't necessarily think of that ended up having its own impact on me like there are just people out there this guy liked to fight and it got the best of him this guy lived a horrible life and it got the best of him this guy tried to to live right and he lived, but you know it's just bad things happen to this guy, and you know even though I don't really agree with the worldview that you know bad things just happen and that's the way it is, and everything's random, and sometimes life sucks, I do think it it did have its own effect on me, and i was like wow this this place just kind of sucks this is set and it it kept making me think about think about that for the rest of the day that I'd initially seen it.
0: Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what one, a couple, one more minor complaint was: wh- why did Woody Harrelson kill Willem Dafoe and uh, Casey Affleck?
1: I think that uh, they they had kind of just set up Will or uh, Woody Harrelson as a character whose mind, whose entire being was driven by this brutish sense of pride, and mm-hmm. the fact that. Willem Dafoe had owed him money for what seems like an extended period of time, and in Harrelson's eyes, had the audacity to think that this made up for all that, and walked away as if he was.
0: But it it would it would seem that they had agreed to that before he even came up there. At least that's that's the uh, what I got from um, Dafoe's dialogue. Yeah, and then
1: so I'm not really sure what was going on there, but it did you know Harrelson seemed very disingenuous when he said oh yeah that's right like I mean I guess I, you could either assume that maybe he did misremember it or maybe he thought that because he views himself as that much superior than Willem Dafoe that if he said oh no we're not done even if that was what they agreed on you know Willem Dafoe would realize that you know this guy's above him essentially I have altered the deal pray I do not alter it further <laughs> uh, But I took it as just, whether that was the agreed deal or not, the fact that Willem Dafoe would oppose him and say, no, no, this is what we agreed on, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to leave right now, was just enough to kind of get under this man whose entire identity is driven by this, like, self-exalting pride, and that would be enough for him, to- especially since it's in this country or or this uh county that is essentially above the law and in his eyes there'd be no repercussions he can do what he wants
0: except get the money he wants it's true he's he's like he's crazy (laughs) did you have any more uh, dislikes so my
1: my only real dislike of the movie uh was that i found killing dan off felt pointless to me uh especially that late in the film who uh Dan he was the the bartender
0: Oh oh
1: yeah uh it's weird cause I, I I watched it with a friend and he pointed uh, he pointed out the, the scream Dan lets out right before he dies this kind of chilling because it doesn't sound like a like an actor screaming it sounds like this guy just stared at a gun right before he got shot um <laughs> so the scene itself was well done but to me you know <laughs> We've already just been beaten over the head with like tangible depression, what it felt <laughs> like for this movie, just between the car wreck at the beginning and him losing his girlfriend and now his brother, and Willem Defoe is dead and now Dan dies, and I, you know he wasn't a major character, but i he was likable to me, so given that we' only had like ten or fifteen more minutes left in the movie. I just didn't. I don't think we had to kill Dan. It just felt a little bit unnecessary. And it wasn't even in a very ceremonious way. And I don't even think that the director thought that it would have a lot of impact on the overall story. So it just felt like an unnecessary death.
0: All right. uh, So is there anything else you want to say before we start uh, moving into our final thoughts? Uh, I think I'm ready. All right. So why don't you start?
1: So my final thoughts are um, this movie on a technical level is really well made. I think that like you said, there are, are a few things about it that are fairly unconventional. Um, but I think it all works really well. I think the acting alone makes it worth watching. I think that the relationship between, um, uh, Christian Bale and Casey Affleck is incredibly authentic and real feeling. And both actors give some of their best performances. I think, um, it just it just feels like a very authentic film overall like nothing about it feels like a hollywood film or really almost a film it just feels like somehow a camera was magically floating as we watched this small town uh exist and i think it's really unique and i like it when movies do that when they feel very real uh Mm -hmm. it personally helps me get invested in the story so if you are like that and you enjoy movies like that, I definitely think that this is one worth checking
0: out. Yeah. Although the downside of that, having grown up in a small town, I can attest, it's really boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for me, as I said, I have very few tangible complaints. And the first half of the film has some really great, fantastic acting and just vulnerable human moments and relationships it's just that when the plot got going, it realized it didn't have a plot, and it goes and ends, and it's like, it's a very shruggable film, in my opinion. Not bad, not great, just it's it exists. <laughs> and so,
1: honestly, that felt like what the movie was trying to convey.
0: This place is, exists. It sucks. <laughs> move on. The, <laughs> it succeeded, but <laughs> I don't care yeah uh, it's definitely not a bad film and th- there are there are things to enjoy so if if you are a fan of these actors it's, it's worth checking out just don't go in with high expectations and you might you might just enjoy yourself okay that was our review for uh, out of the furnace a uh resounding endorsement <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh next week uh is gonna be my pick so I want to finally get around to doing uh, The Maze Runner, which is the, uh, the first film in the, uh, uh, the YA, one of the many YA adaptations, uh, turned into a series. And I really like this film. I think the direction is really fantastic. So I've been like a huge apologist, for, especially for the director, this director, since the first film came out a couple years back. So I'm really excited to talk about this one.
1: Yeah, I I actually haven't seen this. Um, it's hard for me to get excited about YA movies. <laughs> um, just teenage or young adult protagonists is never really. I mean, I I enjoy a lot of things about the Hunger Games. Um, I think I actually really really like the first three, um, but everything other than those, it's just I've never been able to get into. So hopefully though, this surprises me.
0: Well, all right. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, again, I'd like to ask you, if you enjoy this podcast, please go and rate and review us on iTunes. Um, That would be really, really appreciated. And also, if you want to follow us, you can like us on Facebook. We are on Facebook as Underrated Podcast. And if you want to find older episodes, you can find them at underratedpodcast.com.
1: And if you want to email us, we are theunderratedpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you use Twitter, you can follow us at underrated underscore pod.
0: And uh, another way you can follow me is uh, I am on a letterbox as Gabriel Green. Uh, I at least rate and review most of the films I see, so if, if that's something that would uh, interest you, you can follow me on there.
1: Uh, and, yeah, and the same goes for me, actually, on Letterbox as well. I am J.L. Hamry. It's J-L-H-A-M-R-I. Uh, I try to review all of the movies that I see going forward. Uh, really, I use it as a way to keep track with how many movies I've seen over my life, and I'm like, 715 I think Um, incredibly addicting very fun you should check the (laughs) site out and create y'all's own accounts yeah it's a lot of fun so until next time we will see you guys later see
0: ya Now can like, you tell me anything about yourself? Who you are? What is this place?
1: Let me show you. This is all we got. What's out there?
0: we only have three rules. First, do your part. Second, never harm another glader. Most importantly. Never go beyond those walls.